0: Attention, golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast beyond forgiving and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 golf clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Thursday. I'm your host, Travis Folden. Thank you for making us part of your day. Probably sound a little bit different. In the sim here, about golf simulators, proud sponsor of the Stripe Show Podcast. I'm in the sim because this is going to be an instruction Thursday. And we've got some heavy lifting to do when it comes to some golf swings that are winning. We're seeing a wide range of swings. People are taking shots at me, and I don't appreciate it. I don't care, you can keep taking shots at me. In fact, before I bring my guest in, someone told me that they're not gonna listen to me anymore because I stand too far away from the ball when I hit it. So here's how far I stand from the ball. I'm trying to get a little bit closer. But they saw me hit that forearm when I was in the Bahamas, and he sent me a note. He says, I'm not going to listen to you anymore because you stand too far away from the ball. So anyway, on that note, that's what I have to deal with on a daily basis. In my DM, a guy that knows a thing or two about that, he joins me, heavy lifting on instruction. i got to bring in the main man, Shaheen Naqtavani from Canada. How you doing, my man?
1: I'm good. Uh, Master's week is usually the week in which, you know – The snow starts to melt here. So everybody gets really excited for the golf season to kind of kick off. So we're right around there right now.
0: Dude, the winter is hanging on in the north. I just saw a picture from my buddy in Idaho. He showed me a picture of this elk that came off the hill and there's snow in his lawn. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's in the middle of April.
1: Yeah, we we had snow in our lawn up until like two weeks ago.
0: All right, let's get after it, man. I'm going to share with you a swing. You ready? Yeah. This guy just won. Do it. Matthew Fitzpatrick. A lot of discussion here. Mm-hmm. Look at Matthew here. And this is a swing that kind of gets in behind his hands, tends to get a little bit laid off, and then he brings it down. Now, we're both active on social media. As a teacher, you have an open mind to a lot of different – Patterns that are out there, right? You have to be able to understand patterns, matchups, things like that. For sure. You're sensitive to players who, let me get in the middle of the screen a little bit more. You're sensitive to players at the skill set of Matthew Fitzpatrick who have a genius, who have a high skill set. And you're sensitive to those things and on what you might change versus what you might not and how that's different to, say, a mid-handicap that's playing once a week, that has a lower skill set, and those types of things. So you look at a Matthew Fitzpatrick, and although, and I know your style pretty well, Shaheen, this may not be something that we may teach a mid-handicap, but we're also sensitive to the fact that we're not just gonna go in there and change every Matthew Fitzpatrick that comes in. Inside, right there, boom, club shaft parallel, in behind the hands, get it to the top club shafts a little laid off and then off he goes when you watch that based off what i just teed you up with what's the first thing that comes to mind
1: uh i think that his grip being so strong helped him quite a bit because with how much he lays the club off that's usually going to open the club face you can see his face angle still pretty stays in a pretty strong position a lot of that has to do with his left hand being in such a strong spot there. So you can see how shut the club face is going back. That obviously helps him quite a bit, to be honest with that pattern. Uh, Right off the bat, you know, most high handicappers who roll the club in that much, very rarely will you see the face angle stay on the close side. You know, most of them usually will fan the face wide open there. So already he's like, despite the aesthetics of the club going inside, already he's doing things far superior to most if we're actually isolating specific variables there.
0: So the, if if a player if, if you're going to let a player kind of get away with an inside takeaway, a, a little stronger grip um, is going to be a little more conducive to that because to your point right there, you can see the toe is still slightly down. Now, with that said, I will say he works with Mike Walker, and I had Mike on the podcast after he won the U.S. Open, and they do try to keep that more out in front of him. This is something that to help him improve his iron play Because if there is a weakness in Matthew Fitzpatrick's game, it's his iron play. Um, They do try to keep the club head more out in front. But to your point, that grip being stronger does help with that. Now, when you see a laid off club shaft, Shaheen at the top, tell my audience, tell my audience what they need to know about a club shaft that is laid off. If I was to draw a line from that ball through the butt of the club, that shaft would be left of that line. Right. right if that shaft was on that line we'll call it on plane mm-hmm. if that shaft was a little to the right of the line we'll call it a little
1: across the line a laid off yeah. club shaft at the top what do we need to know Well for starters you're giving yourself very little room to shallow the club because it's effectively way too shallow already so what's going to happen is starting down that shaft is going to start to pitch into a steeper position and I would go as far you can kind of see that right there right the club yep. is already moving more vertical even though it's technically shallow if you like took a still photo of this position the direction the shaft is moving is certainly more vertical so um usually especially with most recreational golfers they're gonna stall out pretty aggressively with the body coming into the ball to try to make it work with that steepening move i would say that you know there's two things about matthew fitzpatrick that stands out to me number one his arm plane gets into a deep enough or flat enough position to help him keep the club somewhat shallow into the ball if he was as laid off as he is and you gave him like the arm plane of justin thomas he would be so steep coming into it he would be it would be a disaster so for his pattern to work he needs to have the hands a little bit on the flatter side so that he can kind of offset the steepness that's coming down
0: what's interesting with matthew is he's there's kind of two things that's happening right now with him one is he's going through speed training he's using the stack system with sasha mckenzie who i've had on the podcast we've talked about matthew yeah. And as a result of the speed training, you see a much deeper right hip turn like Matthew used to not have as much gap in between his knees there. It was fairly restricted. I made a, a, a comparison to one of his swings, say, back in 2018, and you could see some difference there. And so sure. you see a much deeper turn. You see more loading into the right side. Um, and as a result, his club shaft if you looked at some recent ones even from here
1: they're not as laid off as they used to be
0: it's not as laid off yeah
1: yeah and And i I would argue yeah yeah, well sorry no what i was going to say was i i actually you made the comment earlier of like him being a good driver of the ball and the weakness being his ball striking with his irons i would argue part of the reason why he's so good with his driver is because number one he's making that bigger turn so the hands are working more around him i also think number two the club sets down the plane line so much better on his driver because of that bigger turn that the shaft reacts a little differently coming down and it actually helps him so it's one of those funny things where like working through speed actually improves his club movement Ironically enough, that's not always the case, but for him it is because of how it affected the shaft. Yeah. Um, that I think working on speed also improved his mechanics. It's like a two-in-one in that situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because it. what I've taken away from my discussion with with Sasho and, and Mike Walker is that, that he's almost now got two different swings. He's got a driver swing where it's like full throttle, you know, where he's just cranking on the hip and loading up, and the club kind of goes where it wants, knowing that it's not going to be as laid off due to the length of the swing. And then he's got an iron swing where I think he's he he is trying to blend the two together where it's like the club head is a little more out in front of him initially. And then he makes that full turn, which I think in, according to what I'm gathering from Mike is going to be a good direction for his iron game um, in kind of, you know, getting those two to work together, which just kind of disprove, disproves one of the theories that we hear a lot on Twitter is like, people get hung up on the only thing that matters is impact. And the reality is Shaheen is that most of the players that I talk to and you coaches, these guys are working on the backswing, you know, I mean, they're working on the backswing.
1: You have to remember, like the backswing sets the tone for everything that's going to happen later on. So if the backswing is out of position, your body out of position relative to the golfer, your body is going to do things to try to get it back into position. And so, The reality is you can't guarantee what's going to happen at impact if you can't guarantee what's happening prior to that. I mean, the reality is like it's such a false narrative, to be honest.
0: All right. So mid-handicap is listening to this. Yeah. High handicap, even a low handicap. I'll make this statement. Someone comes into the the studio, online lesson, and I see this. I see the club head in here.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And then I I watch what happens from there, right? I see, here's what I see. Number one, with that mid-handicap, I see club head that goes in, then wants to come out on the downswing, right? And that's usually that mid-handicap. The higher handicap would probably take it in with the face rotating open. And so now they've got a re-adjust the plane and they've got work to do on the club face right, where that maybe a little better player might take it in, face might be pretty good like Matthew, and then have to, you know, kind of do something there. The better player would take it in and kind of keep it in, right? you know, like they would take it in and kind of keep it in, move the ball back and hit a push draw. But more times than not, as I go down that pattern and the discussion that I have with them, more times than not, I find myself cleaning up that first move to to suggest the probability of impact that we're looking for to make them a better ball striker.
1: Okay. So, for starters, I think that uh, a lot of the better players that are going to come see you who have an inside takeaway, they manage it extremely well. The top of the backswing doesn't get nearly as penalized from the inside takeaway and how the shaft is reacting starting down doesn't get penalized. So if you're in a situation where the rest of the swing is flowing into some pretty good spots that we like seeing, then the reality is it's just an aesthetic thing that we don't need to change. But when you're dealing with the everyday golfers, there is some forearm rotation there. Like you mentioned, the club face is opening. There is a poor alignments to the shaft and the club face at the top of the backswing, which then creates a negative reaction coming down. And then it's like a lot of times you can work your way backwards and see that the takeaway is a big cause of those problems. So I think that the everyday golfer is probably better off not rotating it that far inside, if I'm being honest, but yeah. it doesn't mean that it has to be changed in every case. And obviously the tour players are showing that, you know, you can manage it, but it's, it's not an easy task. Most golfers right. will not be able to do that.
0: Here's another one. Here's Rom interesting Mm -hmm. about Rom. we were talking about this before we came on was i i I made a post of his swing when he was at asu and the club and the club head whoops the club head was pretty good like that's actually pretty good for rom right there when you look at it um Mm -hmm. and his club head as we know can get even further inside that and i think what's different with rom um is is he gets all of his force just really kind of brute strength on the downswing and the energy that he puts on it because he's so damn strong. He's not a guy that can really load up like we saw with Matthew and some of the players. So his swing is shorter by nature, but it does have this little inside look. His hands go out, club head goes in. And then, of course, that lead wrist can get a little flexed. And once again, you look at the shaft, um, it's laid off. So when you look at Rom, comparison... Uh, to Fitzpatrick, what comes to
1: mind? For starters, very different combination of elements, even though the aesthetics of the shaft are the same. uh, Matthew has a much stronger grip with a lot more forearm rotation and a lot more cupping to the lead wrist. Rahm obviously has a much weaker grip and a lot more flexion to the lead wrist. Right. So two different ways of managing the club face there. Um, I also think because of the lack of hip turn, Rom has a lot less hand depth in his backswing. His hands stay much more in front of him than what you saw with Fitzpatrick going back. A lot of that can be, uh, can come down to the fact that he's not opening up his hips nearly as much on the backswing. And this is in part why he favors a fade more than anything else is the fact that the club steepens from here. And it's really easy to swing left when you don't have a lot of hand depth or hip turn in the backswing, you know? Right.
0: However, both of them have the face in a pretty good position. They're just getting it mm-hmm. differently, right? So, like you Very said, differently. Fitzpatrick, yeah. Fitzpatrick strong with more extension in the wrist. Rom, or more forearm rotation in the wrist. Rom weaker grip, more flexion in the wrist. Mm-hmm. But in both cases, keep in mind, folks, the face is not open. Right. Right. The face is not open. It's square to maybe a little shut. And now from here, I've always thought with Rom, with that lead arm position, that flex lead wrist, he kind of, he kind of does leave it alone for the most part. Like he doesn't really pull down on it because if if he did, I mean, I know that wrist is probably going a little bit towards extension, but you look at that club face right there, Shaheen, see how it's kind of looking back towards the camera? Like he's still got it in a very superior position right there. He hasn't like went there like that on the way down. And so yeah. it's still pitched back behind him. He kind of does leave it alone. And then we know what he does from there. He just absolutely turns on the gas with his, with his body.
1: Yeah. And, and to be fair, both of them, because of how laid off at the top, in the club pretty aggressively coming down. I mean, there is no doubt about it that if there's one commonality between the two of them, it's how the shaft alignment at the top affects the way the shaft moves into the downswing. Yeah. And that's not something we will typically favor for recreational golfers because I don't believe they have the skill set to overcome what these players are clearly able to do.
0: It, it's happening, but it could happen more, right?
1: Like it could happen even oh, more for sure. Oh, there's no yeah. doubt. I also think part of why it doesn't happen as much for Rom is because the swing is shorter, prevents it because there's not enough time yeah, for it to steepen point. as yeah. much.
0: Let's talk about that real quick. What you just said there, you said steepening and transition. Now that's a yeah. that's a club shaft term, folks. Right. So mm-hmm. just in its purest form, what Shaheen's talking about. See, there's a shaft. Let's just call that closer to horizontal, right? And then from there, in transition, it's working towards vertical. Okay, now the opposite, which we're going to look at here in a second, would be a club shaft that's pitched more vertical. And then in transition, it's working towards horizontal. So he's not talking lead, arm, any of that. He's just talking shaft
1: pitch here. Yeah, purely the movement of the shaft, yeah. Right. If, If a shaft
0: does pitch towards vertical in transition, which it is in both of these cases, but we both agree not a significant amount. It could go more and we see it a lot with players that get it laid off and then they pitch it steep in transition. What's the downside to that for, let's say the mid handicap that's listening.
1: Well, I will even go back a little bit and say the reason why they don't steepen it that much is actually different for the two of them. I think in Matt's case, it's because he has a lot more hand depth, even though the swing's a little longer. In John Rom's case, I think it's because the swing is shorter despite the lack of hand depth. It, it, there's not enough time to steepen it there. So the funny part is you can even see the reasons why they don't steepen it as much is so different from the two of them. I just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out. So um, what can you expect from here? I mean, when the club steepens, if it steepens too much and you try rotating really hard on it, usually you'll just cut so far across the ball. From outside in, you will typically see much more of a slice pattern. So the reason why we're not such big advocates of it for the everyday golfer is because, number one, you can't control your path very well. Number two, you can't control what your body's doing very well. And number three, you're pointing to the face angle there. I see you already. You can really struggle with contact stuff too. So right there. Wear that out.
0: Wear that out right there, right? Towards the toe. It's funny, like, sometimes people will come in. And I ask them what they're trying to do and they're and they're trying to, you know, open up their impact, rotate, and these things. And it's like the more they do that, sometimes the worse they hit it because they're not in position to rotate. Correct. You know, they're not in a position where the club is doing what they need it to do, and or the club face in position uh to rotate so they, they they try to open up and do these things and the reality is they just keep clanking it on the toe they pull it they hit a slice whatever and so you kind of organize things a little bit differently and then all of a sudden now they even <clears throat> open up and now they start to get rewarded so look folks i, I think it's machine and I. when you when you make comments and you post to us that the only thing that matters is impact trust me we're well aware of that like we get it we get that, that that's what the ball knows but in the way the golf swing works and when you're trying to develop a pattern and you understand matchups, like there's more to the story than just the impact position. If you I mean, want to your swing, yeah. knock yourself out.
1: I mean, I, I always like to equate the golf swing to like a math formula. You know, at the end of the day, of course, whatever the final result is, is what's most important in this case, the impact position, yeah. but the formula of numbers that you create to get there are so important too. And yeah. obviously there are some ways that are more efficient than others
0: all right, let's keep this going. This is fun. How about this guy? Or no, wait, we'll save him. We'll save him. But this guy, he's pretty good too. Um, Scotty Scheffler, Yeah. And Shuffler, uh, interesting. When you, when you watch this swing here, it is first move, much more out in front, shaft pitched more vertically. So this is a little bit of the opposite. It's kind of more neutral though. It's, you know, it's, kind of right there on the toe line going back. When he hinges it, it's probably pointing just barely inside the target line. And what's interesting with Scotty is he has some toe hang. Now, I know in talking to his coach, Randy Smith, they try to get rid of some of that toe hang. They do try to neutralize the face a little bit. Um, but let, let's face it, Scotty's a player who takes it pretty clean going back. He's, you're going to see a little shaft pitch the other way that wants to lay down a little bit more. But I think the thing to note with Scotty is he is a bit more of an open-faced player with that toe hang. So when you you watch this, Shaheen, what
1: comes to mind? Well, I think a lot of what his body does in the downswing with his, like, you know, jumpiness, the sliding of the feet and the, you know, the very, let's call it eccentric release patterns. A lot of that is because of the face angle being a little open and he's trying to find a way to manage it. Like that's the one thing that I think people obsess over the aesthetics of what's happening at the bottom without truly understanding where they're coming from. You know, I think is, I think his shaft movement is very good. I think it's much more in line with traditional coaching of these days or more modern coaching, let's call it. Um, but I agree that the face angle is certainly a little open and he certainly does have to manage it at the bottom.
0: Yeah. What's interesting with, the, with that club face, right? Like, this is a guy that has a lot of, a lot of things organized in the swing shape. I love the swing shape. And with that face, you know, a little bit open, one of the things that he can do is he can hit it straight up in the air. Um, you know, he can bring that shaft in pretty neutral and hit those long irons straight up in the air. Uh, and then obviously he's capable of taking those short irons and, and knocking it down. One thing that w- when you're looking at a professional swing and you're kind of comparing it to, say, again, that mid-handicap, when you, see that, when you see that toe hang a little bit at the top, when I see open face, more times than not, when people come in here or send me videos, I will see a, a combination of things. I, I'll see, number one, the higher handicap with the open face usually is going to dive over it a little bit. They're going to come down a little steeper. They're gonna try to get that path working more to the left to get that club face kind of kicked around and looking more to the left. The the lower handicap will bring it down a better plane, right? They'll get it kind of more from the inside, but when they get to the bottom, they'll let it out a little bit soon, right? And they'll use that as a squaring mechanism. And usually when they do that, they'll hit it straighter. They'll hit it straighter, but they'll tend to hit it higher. They won't maximize their distance with their irons. And then that really good player like Scheffler, they'll bring it down with the shaft pitched back. They'll lean the shaft forward and swivel the face in conjunction with that. Which is me, when I see that, Shaheen, when I see a player like that with toe hang and that kind of short game, to me, that's the greatest set of hands in the game of
1: golf right now. I mean, I don't disagree with you. You know, obviously (laughs) most most recreational golfers who get the club face open they'll have to save it at the bottom with some element of releasing but they usually cannot pivot really well at the same time right obviously obviously the difference here with Scotty's game is that not only is he trying to you know let's call it correct the face angle just for the purpose of this but he's doing it while simultaneously also moving through the ball pretty damn good yeah. And I think I think that's the difference between him and everybody else. And that's also why uh with our coaching of everyday golfers here, we typically will prefer to see the club face a little less open.
0: Yeah, it's well said. And I think the question becomes like when you when you got a player in here and you see some of the reaction. I just had one in here before we came on the pod. Club face was open. He brought it down a pretty good plane, had zero shuffling. And yeah. that guy can be more difficult to to, to coach and have an impact on without a little period of time because what I told him was like look I'm gonna close the face a little bit more you're gonna bring the it balls, down in the next five every, shots every going get, left it's going left yeah. and, and and you know what and you know what that guy before was pretty straight like he hit it pretty straight right but you I, know, high
1: high and spinny, but straight and not long is a, and so his is a, complaint da- was, is a dangerous combination <laughs>
0: right it is so his complaint was <laughs> I don't hit it very far yeah. and he's a good athlete Right. And it's like, look, so I have to have the conversation. I'm like, when I'm going to show you, you're going to hit it to the left to start with. And then I'm going to show you how to combat that face a little bit through impact. So you got to stay with me here and we'll get, you know, we'll get to the net result. I'd much rather have the guy roll, rotate the face open, come over it a little bit. That's an easy fix. I mean, see, we fix that in our sleep.
1: Um, I, I, always, I always say the worst combinations of players, like the, the hardest to change, are the ones who have patterns that are very good, but not very efficient because... Yeah. In trying to make it more efficient, you usually have to change things that completely messes up their entire formula and it takes a little while to correct it. Yep.
0: Well, I had one this morning. He did a good job with it. We did a lot of little swings and he was able to change the face, get a better club face and then be able to hit some, you know, half three quarter wedges where he was feeling himself starting to rotate better. He was starting to feel the shaft a little more forward. And so he got the pattern. All right. Speaking of a club face, that's not open. We go to our man, Vic, and, of course, you post this one. What's really interesting with Vic, and as we watch this, this one's a little bit slower. First thing you're going to recognize here is that face is not open. The other thing you're going to recognize right. is that shaft is pitched more vertically. You want to talk about a different-looking club right there versus what we, what we were looking at with Rom and, and Fitzpatrick. Um, but Vic is a guy that is going to take it back. He's going to pitch the shaft vertically. He's going to get the club face in a very strong position, and then from there, now the shaft is going to pitch back. And what's fascinating is when you talk about Victor's swing, you know what you know what comes up a lot, and I'll let you state it because I know you get it as well. They think Victor's doing what on the downswing?
1: Yeah, I got I got a lot of heat on Twitter for saying that Victor is most definitely not over the top. And yet that's the number one phrase we hear all the time with regards to his golf swing. And I know where that term comes from. They are typically referring to, first of all, the aesthetics of it being looking a little loopy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're talking more specifically at it, it's his hand path, right? His hands work very inside early. Then they work much more vertical near the second half of his backswing and then kick out very aggressively in front of him coming down. Look how deep his hands are here, right? And then yeah. look how um, upright they will get there and then how much more in front of him right will get coming down. Yeah, yeah. So there's an obvious like inside to more in front of him you know, loop to the hands. And I think that's where people say he's over the top. But I just hate that term because it's too general. And the reality is his shaft movement shallows a ton. I mean, mm-hmm. his shaft is much more in line with what we saw with Scotty Scheffler, which is more vertical, a little bit across the line, and then much more shallow on its plane coming down. Yeah.
0: What's the – is there a downside to the hands traveling in too quickly? Um, you do see For sure. Different- you do yeah. see different hand paths early. Like Vic is a guy that moves his hands in quickly. You look at like a JT, you'll see more width. You look at a Tiger, more width. Um, but there are a lot of guys that their hand path does dive in pretty quick. Their lead arm gets deep pretty quick. Um What what would be a a downside, would you say, to that if it was to happen too much and not matched up accordingly?
1: Well, I definitely think if the hands are coming inside, for starters, you need to see how they're working with the forearms. You know, if you have the hands coming in and the forearms rotating, that's kind of a death move because then the shaft is going to be super far behind you. Uh, Victor does a really good job despite his hands working more inside that his forearms stay much more close, so the club doesn't also work as inside so he saves himself there I mean look how much more neutral his shaft is here despite a very early inside hand path right so that's the first thing I would see and second of all it also depends on how severely they're moving inside if it happens way too much way too fast you'll see a very aggressive loop and transition and at some point it's too much. And yeah. no amount of like trying to save it at the bottom can help you. The golfer is going to end up yeah. in trouble. So I think the severity of how aggressive the loop is matters quite a bit.
0: Yeah, you can see in and, and, and this guy's turn. I mean, look at look at the gap open up between his knees. I mean, this yeah, guy that's is, another
1: that's another yeah. thing, too. Right. Is like he opens up his hips really well. So like, yeah, the hands are working in, but they're working in with a hip turn in conjunction yeah. with each other, which is not nearly as penalizing. You
0: know, it's interesting. And, and we'll finish with this, is that you, met, you mentioned the club head in relationship to the hands. Yeah. So if I, see, if I see a player start to get in here like this, right? The one thing that tends to not be maxed out is the turn. I see players not turn properly because of the inside takeaway. And, and what happens is it, like the body just kind of freezes. like It's already behind you. You know, it's already behind you. So, so you're just going to keep turning. You know, it's like you can't hit it from here. So, yeah. it kind of gets here, and then we tend to stop and then lift it, right? And then we, and then obviously that that'll be the reaction, unless you're hitting a lot of shots and you start to figure some of that pattern out. And, and so, what I notice is that when you kind of teach people to be a little more disciplined here. Now, I don't think you have to be like Matthew Wolf by any stretch, but if you are a little more disciplined here the club head there. Now you can start to maximize that turn. And now all of a sudden the right hip and the change in knee flex and the thoracic and all these things want to kind of work and you can maximize that turn to get it around you. And I just think, I just think long-term for most players, that's a better pattern than letting it dive inside over a period of time. Your turn starts to become decreased And you're just compensating for that first move over and over somehow. That's just, again, generally speaking, I understand there's times I'm not going to touch it and where things are not as disruptive. And you got that higher skill. I'm I'm not. But generally speaking, I'm hanging my hat as a coach on something, watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of amateur swings and how they develop. More times than not, I'm cleaning that up. I'm going to give it a better turn. I'm going to make sure the club face is in a secure position. And off we go.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think the hands themselves just uh, uh, obsessing over the hand path on its own is, is a dangerous thing to do because it really works with everything else. So if the body's yeah. moving well with it, it's not nearly as much of a problem. If the body's not, it is a problem. You also have to look at the shaft movement, right? Whoa. Like you said, if the shaft is very inside with the hands, it's more of a problem than otherwise. Yeah. You know, you can get away with it as a high school player. I mean, just, you just have to look at one of my students. You, they, your li- audience can go listen or watch uh, on my Instagram, Jeremy Paul. Yannick's brother. He plays on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's top fifty on the points list. His shaft is more inside than Fitzpatrick, and the face is more shut. But obviously, he gets to positions at the top that he overcomes it, which is a reason why you shouldn't have to touch it. You know, right? But if you're if you're an everyday golfer and you're struggling, you should probably look into cleaning that up a little bit. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, more times than not, like the what what you're hearing from them, right? More times than not, what you're hearing from the ten handicap, the fifteen handicap, twenty handicap, they're playing what, once a week, once every two weeks, you know, and this and that. And you're like, well, why not just make your life a little bit easier? You know, I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't.
1: And, and no, as pra- make- no practice and no skill is not good.
0: Yeah. And so make your life a little bit easier, get things a little more organized and then be instinctive and go get it. And, and so that's just kind of where I have come to rest over 22 years of teaching. It may be wrong, but I feel like it's kind of working with, you know what we've been able to kind of build here and 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 apparently the backswing does matter right as far as the people that are paying the bills because over time i've changed a lot of backswings which thus have changed a lot of downswings which thus have changed a lot of impacts and skill sets go up and then they want to
1: work with you more often i mean i'm going to be honest i probably change more downswings by changing the backswing than anything else
0: right right yeah. It, it's oh. interesting. No, not always. Don't get me, don't get us wrong. Like we're going to work on the downswing we're going to work on impact when, when it's appropriate. I'm going to mm-hmm. get you to open up when it's appropriate. I'm going to get the club shaft to turn the corner when it's appropriate, you know, all those things, but more times than not, there has to be a little discussion leading up to the idea that impact is all that matters. You know, when I see that now, it's like a joke, right? Like they just, they send you the tweet. Hey Travis, if it works, then who cares? get off my feet, you know, like, like, just get off my feet. Like, that's just annoying. Like, no, never even thought of that, you know?
1: Also, also, like, let's just not forget the fact that tour players are outliers in general and they can get away with virtually any pattern. Yeah. Right. You know?
0: They can. I mean, Tiger, I'm convinced could have came back at some point and learned how to play left-handed and would have got to the number one player in the world. I'm convinced.
1: I mean, there there was no coaching the skill out of Tiger, let's put it that way. I mean, at that point, you couldn't have given him any pattern. and He would have found a way to get it done. Not saying he would have been as successful, but he could have found a way to get it
0: done. I mean, yeah. I mean, the guys had five different swings at this point by my calculation. This latest yeah. one, the fifth, and not being able to push off, like it's different. Um, yeah, I, I think a 25-year-old Tiger left-handed, here's what I want you to do. He'd be like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I mean, just insane insane what that guy what that guy all right i know you got lessons that was fun man i you know i like hashing up different swings um pros cons how they work you know and then you got to scale it back and you're like all right th- there has to be a discussion for the amateur player. there has to be that discussion and that discussion has to be around time commitment um got kids we got job you know all of those things and it has to be around developing more skill right how can i develop more skill and and change the probability of impact so i can hit a stronger shot and my misses are tighter all these things have to be factored in and that's where i think as a teacher you have to start hanging your hat a little bit on something right on something that you believe in that's going to speak to those people and that's what i try to do I agree. All right, dude. Simple. You're the man. Go teach. Shaheen Nakhdavini, go farm. Great stuff. Stripe show back next week.